Good morning. This is the Blaine's World podcast that can be uh, found each week on Facebook, YouTube, LinkedIn. We're also on Spotify, a whole bunch of other places as well. And if you want to find us, you'll be able to do so. I'm your host, Blaine Greenfield, and I'm here in my Zoom studio in lovely downtown Fairview, North Carolina. And each week we focus on uh, news and information about people and organizations in both Western North Carolina and throughout the country. And to that end, it's my pleasure to introduce uh, Christine Hellman. And uh, before I give the introduction, Christine, I'll let you wave to, to all your fans and friends who are watching this. Hi, everyone. Okay. Thanks, Blaine. Okay, and that's Christine. And Christine, you're going to have to help me because this is the first time we've actually met or, or spoken. So I'm going to kind of put the back, uh, put the burden on you and kind of ask you to give your Reader's Digest uh, background as to your summary as to your background. Uh, yeah, thanks for thanks for having me. First of all, uh, I just moved to Asheville about a year and a half ago. I'm an actor and a movement teacher from New York City, um, and I also do intimacy and consent and boundary work. Uh, so a, a teaching artist all around, but an actor first. Okay, great. And the question I always ask is, in terms of growing up, uh, you told me off the air, you didn't grow up in New York City, you grew up where? In Charlotte, North Carolina. Mm-hmm. And as a young woman, in, not as a young woman, just growing up in general in Charlotte, uh, North Carolina. Did you always know you wanted to be in acting? Yes, I got plopped down into a performing arts school in the sixth grade and was there until I graduated. So. Now, was that by your choice or somebody else's choice? I thought I, it was a magnet <laughs> school in Charlotte, and I really thought it would be great if I would get into the math school, and I'm not good at math <laughs> or science, and my second choice was the art school, and it was it's what I got put into, and it was just the thing. <laughs> now, do you remember the very first role you were in? Oh, yeah. I was in the first grade and I was the bunny in the bunny that couldn't hop. Okay. Oh, so you were, it was early. So you actually <laughs> entered this, you were how old when you entered this I was school? seven. <laughs> okay. Because I, I asked you that for a reason. And I had this great idea for a fundraiser for Magnetic Theater or some other local theater. I've told lots of people about this, but I'll tell you about this as well. So that first play you were in, do they have a, a video recording of it? Oh, probably not. That was in the 80s. Right. But wouldn't that be cool that my idea is that everybody would we do a fundraiser and everybody would do their very first role, you know? So <laughs> you could recreate. So you didn't have a, a tape of it then, but we could recreate it. And you didn't have to do the whole role, but wouldn't that be a fun thing? Oh, I would dress up in a bunny suit in a minute. But And don't you think other people would come to see it? I, 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 no, I think that's a great idea. I've told it to, to the folks at Magnetic and hopefully they'll pick it up or somebody will, but keep that in mind. So <laughs> you graduate from being a bunny. Yes. And by the way, do you still remember the, your lines? I don't. I just remember that I got cast <laughs> because I couldn't sing, and it was the only non-singing part. Oh, is that it? And I asked you off the air, you know, yeah. do you sing? So we won't ask you to sing that role. But so Bunny Rabbit, that was the start of something. Mm-hmm. And where did you go from there? What, uh, I was a dancer <clears throat> growing up. And then when I got into the performing arts school, I got put into a theater class. And that was, I loved it. And I stopped, you know, I took, I still took dance, but theater was where I found my love. Okay. And so in terms of the roles you play, because again, relatively new to me in terms of the Asheville area, mm-hmm. I know you'll, you'll mention the two roles you've been in Asheville, but before you got to Asheville, what were some of your favorite roles? Uh, I was working with a theater, Trustus Theater in Columbia, South Carolina, and I got to play Jesse in Sweat, which was probably one of my all-time favorite roles, and Rose in The Flick. Those were my two tops, I would say. Okay, super. And then coming to Asheville, which is very exciting that you just kind of came and then how'd you get involved in Magnetic so quickly? 
Uh, they had a posting for a Zoom all call audition right. for their season. And I hopped on Zoom and did a monologue and got called back and then found my theater home very quickly. How is that doing an audition via Zoom? Well, you know, I think over the pandemic, I was teaching a lot over Zoom and doing a lot of play reading. So I was already used to it. And there's something that is intimate about it, which is actually kind of nice for auditioning because you're in your own space and you're not sitting in front of a bunch of people. I think it kind of takes the nerves out a little bit. It was actually a nice experience. I would imagine also it's easier too, in terms of, I mean, you're operating at home, you're operating on your schedule. Mm -hmm. Uh, And that's, I I never thought about that, but that's a good point that, and you feel comfortable doing this? Yeah. And you know, I have a daughter and so my daughter was in the other room. I would have had to get (laughs) childcare for her for the, for the audition. So there are a lot of pluses to it. I think it's a great way now, especially to start sort of becoming a hybrid of what we used to be and what we could be now. How's your daughter? Hmm? How, How old is your daughter? She's nine. Is she going to be an actor? She wants to be an actor. Yes. Okay, good. (laughs) Has she acted yet in anything? She has done school plays, but where her heart really lies is in being the boss of things. She's already said that she wants to be a director and a stage manager. So we'll see. Well, it's interesting. And we'll talk about that with you being a good example. So I'm very excited that you did some acting in Asheville. And mentioned, by the way, the two plays you were in that magnetic already. Yes. Um, Midsummer for Haters was my first show in Asheville with Nemesis Theater Company and then Obstructure with Anamkara. Okay. So certainly a little bit different kind of theater than mm-hmm. a typical theater. And I think that segues, I think, perfectly into um, this one act, a series of plays that uh, Magnetic Theater is doing. And why don't you talk a little bit about them? So when do they start? Well, they opened last night. Last night was Friday the 4th. And so they run this weekend and next weekend, matinees and evening performances. And so your role in that them is what? I am directing three of the shows, two of the shows in show A and one show in show B. That must be exciting for you because you, you had never directed before? I had not. So I'm a I'm a movement teacher. I do physical acting. And so I've certainly coached, but this was my first time directing. And it was really fun to get my brain to work in that way. I loved it. Now, somebody once told me, I won't quote the person, but they actually prefer directing rather than acting. And, and you'll eventually make that decision. But the reason I love it was that they didn't have to memorize lines anymore. You know, <laughs> so you know, you have to know every line, but you don't have to memorize them per se. But these, these plays are a little bit different because they're short plays, right? Short they're, plays, they're 10-minute one-act plays, yes. Now, I've been wondering about this. Have you been rehearsing uh, these plays? Yes. So we were allowed as the directors, we had a choice of scripts. And so we right. got to read a lot of the final scripts, pick the ones that we wanted, and then ask folks to be in them. And so we've done, yes, we have rehearsed. Um, and that's been really a great, a great playtime for me. But when you think about it, probably you didn't have a long rehearsal period. We did not. And a lot of the actors are in multiple shows. So it was balancing a (laughs) lot of people's schedules and just sort of, you know, we'd have a rehearsal in someone's backyard and then before another rehearsal. um, So kind of a a ragtag situation. It's been great and fun. That was amazing to me about actors. And I'll ask about you in just a second. But in terms of these plays, so these, they're... They're committed to memorizing the scripts. They're not reading them. They have to memorize them. Yes. So that's pretty cool that some of these people are doing it, like you said, more than one play at a time. Oh, and these actors are incredible. And they memorize that, you know, memorization is the uh, is in their back pocket for sure. (laughs) Well, let me ask you, have you ever done that? Been in like been involved with more than one play at a time? Uh, Yes, I have. 
Yeah, it's, I mean, it's definitely working your brain in a different way to compartmentalize and, you know, have two different worlds or three different worlds all happening that you can jump into. There's some people tell me, which is just incredible. They're in one play, they're rehearsing another, they're in a third play they're working on and do yeah. three plays at once. So that's yeah. pretty uh, amazing. Yeah. So let's talk about then the, the plays you're involved in. So which is really cool. You've been asked to direct, I guess, what, three plays? Three plays. Mm-hmm. And two, we'll talk about A and B. A, that defined, that's what exactly is A and B? And well, it's just, so there's 20 shows total. And so they're broken up into 10 shows per night. Uh, and they, you know, were sort of put in slots. And so in show A, I'm directing two shows. One is called Three Syllables of Shame. Uh, and the other one is called The Experts. And they're very, very different and very, very fun in their own way. Well, since... We're on uh, section A there. Let's talk a little bit about those. So the first one you mentioned, who was the playwright on that? Uh, Ron Watson is the name. And I know I'm going to not remember all the names of the playwrights because it's the morning time. But Ron Watson wrote this first play, Three Syllables of Shame. And uh, uh, two actors, Alex and Lauren, for, they're, who are great Asheville actors, are in this. Oh, yeah. Well, Lauren, I, I know both of them. And, yeah. and really cool. So now did you get to speak to the playwright about this? No, I haven't spoken to the playwrights. I just, I was really drawn to the scripts that I, as soon as I read them, I sort of had a a heart feeling about all of them. Uh, And so I haven't talked to the playwrights, but it's been nice to be able to play with what they wrote. And if you can, just the short summary of the first play, what's it about? It's a couple who just found out that they are pregnant and they're coming up with names for their baby. Oh, okay. (laughs) So anyway, I'm really anxious to see that because... We're trying to come up with names for our cat, you know, so. Uh, well, you might find a lot of good, uh, <laughs> very interesting three-syllable names for your cat. <laughs> oh, is it, and it's funny you said that because we're debating, my wife and I, about, um, I said we should have one-syllable names and we should end with E or something. But um, that's a really cute premise. Um, it is. And it really touches on the relationship between the two people. And, and so it's really, it's lovely to watch two actors connect like that. And then you see how people are, you know, sort of navigating through the stress of having a baby and who really love each other. It's, it's and again, do you have the last names handy? You mentioned Alex and, and Alex and Lauren. Oh my gosh. <laughs> My my brain is not working this morning. They're my buds. They're my friends. Uh, okay, I, I'll, I'll dig it up yeah. as we're talking. But but you know, <laughs> I, I think I have it. So this is section A. Is that right? A, so it's yeah. Alex McDonald. Um, yeah. Alex McDonald. I don't know the last name. And Lauren Ellis. Yes. They're very. Oh, they're great. I, I love great. them. And so that that's that should be a lot of fun. And so the other one you're doing on section A, you're doing another play there. Yes, and it's very different. It's called The Experts, uh, and that has uh, Aaron McCarson, I remember the last name, Molly Graves, and Paul Vonisak. And it's about a woman being accused of murder and her her knife. Her knife is in the play. Oh, really? Okay, yeah. And a little bit different theme than the other one. Very different. Very funny. This Oh, it's funny, though? Yeah. Oh, it doesn't sound it. But again, (laughs) I know all three, but especially Aaron is just really funny, you know. And I might see... Molly, because I've seen it's Molly, right? Graves, is it? Because I've seen her lots of stuff, but not typically in a comedy. You know, so I'm anxious it's to hilarious. see Hilarious. They're all, they make me cackle every time I watch them. As an actor, back to those days, do you prefer um, comedy or drama? Well, I, you know, I used to consider myself just a dramatic actor, right. but... I find a lot of joy in comedy because of the stakes of, you know, it's only funny when it's so serious to the character. <laughs> and so that's what I find really appealing about it. Uh, so I love, I love them both. What's it like to be coming director for the first time? 
being a director for the first yeah. time, well, my actor brain is always working, right? So it was an interesting thing to start thinking outside of my own actor brain and start looking at a bigger picture and looking at the overall arc and what the audience is going to see. I really, I really, really enjoyed it a lot, being able to sort of shape something and, and give ideas and let actors play. It was great. You think he's going to want to be doing more directing? I think so. Yeah, I really enjoyed it. I mean, it's just a great opportunity to come on board in your first year to be in a bunch of plays and then to all of a sudden be directing. I know. Asheville has really kind of embraced me, especially the Magnetic Theater. I just feel like I found a home and I'm so grateful for them. Yeah, it's just a really, they do a great job there. And just love the whole idea of these one-act plays, you know, yeah. and, and, and told my wife that, hey, you know, if you don't like every play, you'll like at least something, you know. Mm -hmm. So, that, Well, and know, it's an opportunity for 20 playwrights to have their work out there. It's amazing. Yeah, very cool. And most of this stuff has not been shown or done anywhere else. Is that it? I'm not sure of the specifics. I'm not sure if these one acts have been done in other places. I don't. For some reason, I don't think so. They haven't done a lot of play on, on that as well. Would you ever want to write a play? Uh, well, I have shaped plays. So my writing partner and I, Dewey Scott Wiley, produced a play and it was based on interviews with real people. So it was a verbatim interview play. So, you know, we didn't write it because it was other people's words, but we shaped and sculpted a play. So do you see yourself writing a play somewhere down the road? I, I do. I do a lot of devised work also. So a lot of my work comes from physical improvisation and then becomes a script. So yeah, I do. I do writing in that way. Okay. Let's talk then about uh, the, the show you're going to be doing in, in part B, I guess. Um, and again, I'm really looking forward to it because the beauty of this, you have a choice. You have like six different times or something to see the play of your choice. So B, I'll, I'll be coming this Sunday at four. What's your play on uh, Sunday? It's called The Driving Test. And again, it has Molly uh, and a woman named Cam who is wonderful. And it is all about a woman trying to start her new life by getting her driver's license. Uh, and it's, again, it's very funny, but it's also very touching. I, I find myself drawn to things where people get to expose their hearts a little bit. So this one. And what's incredible, again, I, I don't know the other performer, but I know Molly, that it's really cool that people can um, move you, I guess, within 10 minutes. I mean, that must be pretty powerful play and pretty powerful performers. I, yes, absolutely. These actors are amazing. Yeah, and especially that they are in, like I said, several times at, at once. So you're doing the um, show. Talk a little bit about, if you would, um, Christine, the um, preparation involved in this. In other words, when did you get the gig that you're going to be directing these three plays and how long have they been in rehearsal? Gosh, it hasn't been very long. It was my timelines. It's been a busy, a busy fall, but it was a couple of months ago, I guess, that we got the scripts and the rehearsal period. You know, all of these actors are so busy. So everyone's been in rehearsals for other <laughs> shows. And so we really, it's been about a, a month and a half of rehearsals, but not a lot of rehearsals. It's when we could get together. Um, but these actors really, every time they came in, they were just ready to go and, and playing in new ways. And we're just, they're just brilliant. And I'm so glad they get to show. And so relatively short rehearsal period of mm -hmm. time and also, I guess, a relatively short number of rehearsals you had. Oh, oh yeah. I think we've had um, maybe three or four rehearsals. Yeah. <laughs> Not many at all. <laughs> okay. But just like you said, I, I give the actors so much credit, you know, and, and that's why I just love live theater because people, why I think it's so important you're talking about this, and especially the one act festival is that people don't really realize what goes into this, you know, that they'll come see a show and, it's enjoyable or whatever, but they don't realize that you've been working at it for months and months or memorizing dialogue and, and preparing for this. 
but just a couple of short performances. Right. Well, and especially the actors, I mean, it takes up so much of their, their time, but also their mental time, you know, thinking about these characters and embodying these characters. It's a lot of, it's a lot of work. It's a lot of pull on them. I think we were talking about just incredible to me that folks can do a couple of different plays at once. You know, you said some of the act. Are you do, directing three three plays and thinking about three plays? Some of the actors in in two or three plays. Or, yeah, three, four plays. I mean, some <laughs> of these, yeah, they're in a lot, and they're yeah. also different. You know, they're all in such different parts. What's the most number of plays you were ever in? Uh, I mean, definitely, I've worked on three or four at the same time yeah. in different parts of the process. And talk a little bit also, you mentioned in terms of your, um, your introduction, introduction. so it's a theater background, but you're also into something that a lot of people aren't familiar with, uh, and you use the term intimacy, intimacy coordinator, or what do they call it? Yes, position? intimacy, uh, I do intimacy choreography, and I also do, in that vein, consent and boundary work. So I will go in and I will help a show, I will be an advocate for the actors and help communication around choreographing moments of intimacy, much like you would choreograph stage combat. Uh, so I go in and I help with that. But a big part of what I do is uh, teaching actors to advocate for themselves in the beginning of the rehearsal process. So setting up consent and boundary practices, the language that we use so that we can talk to each other and deepen our work. A lot of that uh, is what I is what I really love to do. I'm working with a theater in South Carolina and I go in for the first rehearsal of every show for their season so that everyone can get the same language and really start to deepen their work with one another ensemble building how'd you get the background in that how did i get my background in that i was living in new york and i was training to be a lucid body teacher which is a movement technique and then i started training with idc which is an intimacy choreography their idi now and so i started training with them um a lot of those folks are choreographing directing on broadway and on hbo and so i learned a lot of my practices from them now, what's cool about this, this is something, I guess, that nobody even thought of until X number of years ago. I mean, something that's relatively new in the theater world. Is that, is that it true? Is. It's, it's relatively new in that it has become something that people understand that is very helpful and people are using. Um, people have been doing a form of intimacy directing for years, uh, but it hasn't been as well known as it is now. Uh, and it's a really, I mean, it's a really great thing. We would never have two actors go and just assume that they know how to do a fake fight on stage, you know, just pretend to punch the guy. We would never, we would never ever do that because it's unsafe. And in the same way, we've assumed for a long time that people, when it's time to have a moment of intimacy, a kiss, you know, there's so many assumptions. Oh, well, we'll just get to that in tech week. And (laughs) one person thinks the other person might have a technique for it. And the other person has never done it on stage. I mean, there's so many unknowns. And if we can make that more comfortable for people, then when it is more comfortable and when people have boundaries in place, what happens is the physical storytelling really can affect us on stage and become really deep because we understand in the audience that somehow this is, is safe and it's been taken care of what's happened, you know? And you say, yeah, it's, it's fascinating to watch because you wonder about that times, you know, see a show or movies, whatever, that how do they carry this off, you know? And, and without, I always wonder, you know, without becoming, I guess part of the boundary thing is becoming involved themselves, you know, with yes. each other, you know, it's just, it's, it's probably oh, tough. I would. The, the, I mean, that's a lot of the work that I do in the lucid body is our nervous. The actor body doesn't know the difference between, you know, <laughs> real love or lust and, and pretend love or lust when that happens every night, you know, seven, eight shows a week. And that's happening. The body doesn't, you know, the body, the chemicals are still the same. 
And so a lot of these practices are getting really curious about what's happening in my own body, grounding. This is, you know, saying we're stepping into fiction and then grounding at the end. There's a lot of components that we haven't thought of for a long time uh, that have really affected actors in negative ways. And I'm so glad now that there's more space to start to explore this and talk about it. It's interesting too, because I guess this opens up a whole new um, area of, of folks in theater becoming involved in, because again, you always had a, a director, a music director, then all of a sudden, a lot of people, uh, you have fight choreographers, you know, mm-hmm. but now you have intimacy co- choreographers. Mm-hmm. Is that true? Almost all shows now have, if they have moments of intimacy, do they have... Um- I wouldn't say that I wouldn't say that the majority of shows have intimacy directors at this point. I would say that it, the numbers have gone way up. And certainly when there are very intense moments of intimacy, you often see an intimacy director or choreographer on the playbill. Um, and that's a lot of what I think the value and what I do is important is the consent and boundaries so that actors have their own language to be able to say, I need this, or this doesn't make me feel comfortable. I'd like an intimacy director. So it's just, it's, it's growing. We're all, I think, having growing pains. Christine, talk a little bit about then if folks want to see these shows at, at Magnetic Theater, like you said, open last night, be running tonight through uh, Sunday, uh, then next weekend. How do they find that information? Uh, go to the Magnetic website, uh, magnetictheater.org, I think. Okay. Um, by the way, we should clarify too, it's theater spelled correctly. Is that correct? Yes. Okay. Theater. With, well, I don't know if it's correct, but it's R E. Yes. Right. And then theater is spelled that right. So magnetictheater.org. Yes. Yeah. And then you can also go to their Facebook page or Instagram and there's links to get tickets. Okay. Um, and you can get tickets for show A or show B. And when you're in either show, you get to vote for your favorites. And then close next Sunday, there'll be a best of. So everyone's, whoever voted, it'll be the best of show A and show B next Sunday. And what you mentioned, of course, the three shows you're directing again are? The Experts, The Driving right. Test, and Three Syllables of Shame. Yeah. But- I was wondering about that. So what's going to happen that after Sunday at two o'clock or whenever, is there Sunday? After, no, Sunday is only the best of show. Yes. Yeah, so after okay. the last Saturday show, I forget if it's A or B, right. but then all the votes will be tallied. The actors will find out that night if they're performing the next day. Oh, so that's tough on them. So they will have to be available Sunday, Yeah. <laughs> not knowing if they're going to be performing next Sunday. Yes, but I'm sure everyone is so excited for everyone else that it'll just be a celebration whoever of whoever gets to perform. Oh, very cool. Yeah. Okay, so I'll know who to vote for. And uh, let me move from there to one final question. In terms of after this weekend is over, mm-hmm. what's coming up for uh, you? Uh, well, I have some things planned. The next show that I am doing is actually not in Asheville. It's going to be in Columbia, South Carolina at Trustus Theater. It's called Down in the Holler, uh, and it's by a new playwright. It won a Playwrights Festival, so I'm very excited about that. And I'm also right now working with Nemesis Theater Company, and we're working on a production for the spring, To Be Determined. Okay. Being a good name for a show, To Be Determined. Yeah. And um, <laughs> and. Lastly, if folks want to get in touch with you, uh, Christine, or follow your career, what's the best bet? Uh, you can look for me. My website is up and coming. It's always in flux right now. So you can find me on Instagram, Christine AG82. <laughs> okay. Are you on Facebook as well? I'm on Facebook. You can look up Christine Hellman. Yep. Okay. And you'll find you. Well, Christine, nice meeting you. And um, I certainly look forward to then seeing all three shows. So I'll, I'll see you one on Sunday. You'll, I'll see you there. Yep. Right. Is that, will you be at all the shows? I won't be at all the shows, but I'm going to try and be at a good number of them. Okay, great. Anyway, I look forward to seeing you then. And um, 
maybe someday we'll even meet in person. Meet in person, yes. Nice okay, to great. see you. So thanks for joining me. And I just want to tell folks that are listening or watching the Blaine's World podcast. Hope to see you in the near future. Thanks.